Well, greetings to everyone. Good morning and welcome. Welcome to you visitors. Thank you for coming. And all the rest of you, I'm thankful. Thankful to the body. Thankful to you that you help make this a blessed day. All you brothers and sisters and children, thankful little children. Life would be so different without children. So I'm very thankful for all these good things. Blessed this morning, happy and rather excited to be here and see what God has for us this morning. The topic that I have on my mind today, I think uh, might speak a little bit to what Daniel talked about this morning, a need that Daniel talked about. He gave some ideas that would help that need. And uh, I have another one to add to that list. And the idea, the need that he was talking about, I think we can all all relate to this need. And it's the need of busyness, being kind of busy. And I have a topic that I think might speak to that. I don't know if I've... I think I probably preached on this before, but it may have been quite a long time ago. So I'll talk on it again today. You would find this topic on the fourth commandment. Anyone would like to guess what it is? Fourth commandment of the ten, to be clear there, the ten commandments. Any guessers? Good guess, but it's not the one. If you think of busyness and something that might help that need. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Exactly. I'd like to talk about the Lord's Day and the, the Christian Sabbath and our observation of the Lord's Day. I've been thinking about this Recently, this Lord's Day and the Sabbath and how it used to be in the Old Testament under the Levitical law and the seriousness and the severity, if you would break the law of the Sabbath day, you might have lost your life. It's a pretty serious thing. But as you're well aware, I'm sure that it changed from Saturday to the first day of the week or Sunday after the Lord rose from the dead. And then then the believers celebrated their day of rest, not necessarily called the Sabbath anymore. However, the word Sabbath simply means rest. If you ever thought about missionaries coming back on a sabbatical, that word sabbatical has its roots in Sabbath. So the missionary comes back to rest. And every every seventh day, we are to take a sabbatical from work. So that would kind of help our problem maybe with busyness if we would really catch maybe what God has in mind for us on on the Sabbath. Hopefully I can give some some, uh, pointers there, but... I thought it was surely a very good thing to celebrate the Lord's resurrection with a day given in honor of him. You know, when men, even in our day, do great deeds, sometimes they get a day in honor of them. And their name appears on our calendar. Every year we might remember them at least once a year for something great they did. And don't you think that rising from the dead merits a celebration and something to think about every six days or every seventh day? I sure think so, that it really is something we should really think about and observe and try to 
catch exactly what God had in mind, or even originally for the Sabbath day. Hopefully you won't get too bored and bogged down. I won't spend a lot of time in the Old Testament, but there are some important things in there, I think, that would be good for us just to ponder. The reason, and there's more than one, I believe, that God established the Sabbath, we will look at them. The seriousness of when someone violated the Sabbath day, not a little thing. And the benefits of the Sabbath day, different reasons of the Sabbath day. Obviously, you'll find that God feels very str- felt very strongly about it in the Old Testament. Like I said, you could have lost your life if you would have disobeyed. You were supposed to be put to death if you would have been found carrying sticks or farming or harvesting your fields. Even in harvest, it, it, it mentions that. The Sabbath day is to be observed even in harvest. If not, that person should be killed if he was found in his field harvesting when they were building the tabernacle, something very important, and they, did, they were making great speed to get it built, yet God specifically said on the Sabbath day, you don't work. Someone observed, and I, I couldn't verify everything in the scripture, but I would think it's true. It was D.L. Moody that said, for 490 years, Israel was in Canaan before they were taken to captive to the Babylonians there. And he said they never obeyed the Lord. And so for, so they paid that. They never obeyed the Lord in keeping the seventh, giving the land rest every seven years. So God took them to cap, in captivity to Babylon for 70 years and got his days back, if you do the math. So he said, we can either give God his days or he will take them. You mathematicians can think that through, but I think, it, I think the math figures out. But I'm not sure biblically if that is all correct. Like I said, I didn't have the time to investigate all that. But let's do a little walk through the first two books of the Bible briefly. And you can open your Bibles to Genesis, if you will. And uh, we will read here. Genesis chapter 2. And why don't we pause for prayer before we go further. Father God, we come before you this morning. We're thankful for what we've heard this far already. In this service, Lord, we thank you for the truths that were brought out, the concerns, the realities of our life, Lord, the busyness of life, the tendency to to uh, find ourselves drifting away from God. And, and then yet when we turn back, we find that you have never moved or like the prodigal's father there, you already were there waiting for us when we finally decide to, to turn back to you. Lord, we thank you for these deep truths. We thank you for the children's lesson, Lord, to be thankful, to have the attitude of gratitude. Thank you, God, for your many blessings. Even, even uh, I believe like the verse up here on the board says that your commandments are not grievous. Lord, all your commandments are for the good of mankind, therefore the well-being of mankind. And even the Sabbath that you set uh, aside, a day of rest for different reasons. And one of those reasons, uh, all of them, but one of them specifically was for the refreshment of of ourselves, Lord. And and we thank you for your wisdom in all of these things, God. And, And help us, Lord, in our modern day and under the New Testament uh, era to to practice and understand your heart for the Lord's day, Sunday, our day of rest. God, help me to teach these things that we might be sharpened and refreshed and blessed and and reminded of 
of your heart for, for this day of rest, Lord. God, I, I just give myself to you, and I pray you'll help me teach this lesson. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. <clears throat> Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. God ended his work and rested on the seventh day. Do you think God was tired like we are? No. Unlike some people teach, specifically the Muslims, that they come at this idea that, that this can't be true because the Almighty God never gets tired. And so they point to this as erroneous. And interestingly enough, I, when we were in Niger with uh, Preston's over there in Niger, Africa, it dawned on me that, you know, do they have a Sabbath day? They're Muslims. What, what goes on here? And I asked him, and he said, no, every day is pretty much like the next here in Niger. And as I read it now, and I think he also told me they... They, they do encourage your people on Fridays to, to go to, to the corporate prayer uh, specifically and, and spend some time there. But afterwards, they're encouraged to go back and do the things that would please Allah. Go work and, and you'll go do the things that would please Allah. And that's what I found to be true in, in my reading, too, about it. So... Maybe they don't have quite the rigorous schedule that us Americans have. Someone called it Americanitis. And they asked him, what's Americanitis? And they said, that's when you run up the escalator. You are so busy going, but you're not getting anywhere. Run up the downward escalator. That's Americanitis. <clears throat> Excuse me, my ears are playing tricks on me. One time I can't hardly hear myself, and the next time I'm so loud... And that's not fun. <clears throat> it was that way through the singing. But anyway, here the Lord, it's not that he was tired. He, the, the meaning of the word here is simply a ces, ces, cessation. There's a ceasing of work. I'm not sure if I'm saying that word right. I didn't write it down. But he was finished, and it's called rest. It's not that he was tired. But... The thing that stands out here and that I want to make a point of is that he blessed this day. He sanctified it and blessed it. And let's remember that as we go through. It's a little bit of an unusual day, different than all the rest, even though he didn't work on it. He sanctified and blessed the seventh day. Okay? Turn with me over to Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath, the Sabbath day and hallowed it. He sanctified it. Here he says in verse 8, remember the Sabbath day. It's something I believe that we should give, make, uh, give conscious effort to remember the meaning of, and, and God's reason for giving us the Sabbath day. Even, 
even our Sunday, even the Lord's Day. But here specifically, they were called to remember. They have a reminder here. Go to Exodus 23, back a page there to verse 12. Six days thou shalt do thy work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest, that thine ox and thine ass may rest, and the son of thine handmaid and the stranger may be refreshed. Exodus 31. Verse 13. Verse 12, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. For ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you, Every one that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but on the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to the Lord. Notice that. Whosoever doth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Here, it is given very specifically for a sign between God and his people. What do you think that all meant? Well, I think it's for some of the reasons that I already gave. They were to remember God, his principles, his precepts. They were to remember it was given for a time of refreshing, and here it was given for a sign. This Sabbath, brothers and sisters, set Israel apart from the nations around them. And you think about that, the impact that had on them, the Israelites, and on the heathen. Oh, we can't do business with the Jews today. They're resting. Oh, they're reminded, you know. And this was a sign, a a physical, literal sign between Israel and their God. A day that was literally set aside. You would not want to be found in your field on this day. It was a sign that we are different. We're the people of God. This is a God thing. And I think... As we'll see later, there's some value for us New Testament Christians to observe that for the same reason. I think it has a sanctifying effect on a community for people that put a sign on their door closed on Sundays in honor of the Lord. Oh, really? People forget that. But this was a sign between them. Now, we see here how serious God felt, felt about this. They were put to death. They weren't even, in one place I read, they weren't even supposed to start a fire on a Sabbath day. Now, turn with me to Nehemiah, and we'll see how they were violating the Sabbath. And I think it could be, as it, to you as it was to me, a bit shocking. Nehemiah chapter 13.
Israel was in a very low state here. And look what was going on. Nehemiah 13 verse 15 and following. Verse 15, in those days saw I Judah, some treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in sheaves and lading asses, as also wine, grapes, figs, and all manner of burdens which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. There dwelt men of Tyre also therein, which brought fish and all manner of ware and sold on the Sabbath unto the children of Judah in Jerusalem. Then I contended with the nobles, the leaders, the old men of Judah and said unto them, What evil thing is this that ye do and profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers thus and did not our God bring all this evil upon us and upon this city? Yet ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath. And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem began to be dark before the Sabbath, I commanded that the gates should be shut and charged that that they should not be opened till after the Sabbath. And some of my servants set I at the gates, that there should no burden be brought in on the Sabbath day. So the merchants and the sellers of all kinds of ware lodged without Jerusalem once or twice. Then I testified against them and said unto them, Why do ye, why lodge ye about the wall? If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time forth, they came no more on the Sabbath. And then he goes on. Well, let's yeah, let's finish this next verse. And I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and that they should keep come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Remember me, O my God, concerning this also and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. And then they had taken strange wives there of Ashdod and so on. And, and he got real serious about that and he brought a, about a cleansing. In verse 25 it says, I contended with them and cursed them and smote certain of them and plucked off their hair for this evil that they had done. It's hard to imagine they had fallen to such an extent in profaning the Sabbath day. Moving on and thinking a bit of the blessings of obeying God's precepts or God's ordinance here of the Sabbath. Proverbs says, The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. When the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, you you remember the story when they were gathering manna, they were not even allowed to go out and gather manna on the Sabbath, but that God would provide double for them the day before, and it didn't spoil. You know, and when they they, um, caused their land to rest... God gave them double on the sixth year to last them through the seventh year. So it's a blessing to obey the Lord. We always come out on the good end of the deal when we obey God. Even even on this matter of, I believe, the Lord's day, as we'll see a little later. God has our good in mind. The blessing of the Lord It maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Turn with me to Isaiah 56 for a couple verses. Two through seven. Blessed 
is the man that doth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, and keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord. To love the name of the Lord, to be his servants. Every one that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. The blessings of obeying God's ordinances. Isaiah 58, verse 13. I believe he uh, pronounces some blessings here in the verses before this, verse 13. Then he says, if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing, well, let me just go back there to verse 8. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thine health shall spring forth speedily. Thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. I'm here. Brother Daniel, I've been waiting. I'm here. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, Then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations." And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, and not not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Amen. If the mouth of the Lord has spoken it, say amen, brothers. Amen. So be it. I like that verse up there. It's a new verse. I noticed. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. No, not if we love God. Not if we love his day. Not if we love his law. His commandments are not grievous. Well, coming now to the New Testament. You can turn with me to Revelation, going back to the very back of the New Testament. Revelation 
chapter 1, for just a short verse there. In Revelation chapter 1. Verse 10, John was banished to the Owl Patmos. He was out there left to die, and God came to him. And he says here in verse 10, he, was, he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Well, a couple things here. The Lord's Day. John specified which day it was. It was the Lord's Day. I believe it was the, the first day of the week. Those two are used interchangeably in the New Testament. The Lord's Day, the first day of the week, observed as the Christian's Sabbath or rest, because on it Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Therefore, it was called the Lord's Day and has taken place of the Jewish Sabbath throughout the Christian world. So that has been very readily and well received and has been practiced, I believe, ever since that our day of rest, the Christian's day of rest, is on Sunday. And, and you will find different references, references under the first day of the week throughout the New Testament. So John mentions here that he was, he was uh, in the spirit on the Lord's day. You know, it's, it's always good to be in the spirit. We should walk in the spirit. We should live in the spirit. But perhaps particularly so on the Lord's day. Do we sit still long enough and meditate long enough? And ponder the Lord's day, the day of resurrection, the day, listen, listen, the day that our Savior rose from the dead. And we have this day in honor of him. Do we sit at least for a part of the Lord's day and ponder that? This is the day that our Lord, our Savior rose from the dead. He made history. I think we should. I think we should endeavor to spend some time in the spirit on the Lord's day. More so than just coming to church. I think we should spend some private and personal time. And I'm speaking to myself for sure in all of this this morning. Lifting up this, this ordinance of keeping the Lord's day holy. Turn with me to Matthew 11. Now we'll probably spend a lot of our time here. Matthew 11. Let's begin reading in Matthew 11, verse 28, and then read straight on in chapter 12 to verse 13. I believe that these chapters were put in after these scriptures were written for our usability or to make it convenient for us, but the thought oftentimes carries right through, and I think particularly here because we find this very familiar verse in Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30 in the context of the Sabbath. And I believe that Christ is our rest. There's a type there of the original Sabbath that pointed to Christ, but there's more than just that. There's more than just uh, finding our initial rest in Christ. Let's read here. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. <clears throat> 
Let's stop there. Does that mean just when we first find the Lord, come to the Lord, repent of our burden of sin, the sins roll away? Or does this rest in Jesus mean more than that? Well, according to verse 29, I believe it it means a little more. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I believe the Sabbath was a type of the rest we find in Jesus. But then going down to verse 29 there, there's, it's more than that. There, he gives the thought here that we should ponder Jesus. We should look at him and, and meditate on him and learn of him and, and learn of his character, learn of his nature, learn of his spirit. I am meek and lowly in heart. And from that exercise, Brother Daniel, our busyness, including all of us, from that we find that, that foretaste of heaven's rest. As we gaze and wait and meditate, ponder Jesus. Some professing Christians, they, they don't learn that. They're in a frenzy. They're, they have the Americanitis. They're always going. They're not at rest. And yet they profess that they, 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 their sins are forgiven. And maybe they are. But, but this, this rest means more. Let me read a little poem that I found here that I think really makes a point. It, it's about camels. Are you listening, children? Camels that carry burdens. And we were in Africa. We literally saw camels walking down Main Street with loads of cargo on their backs. And sometimes we saw them laying down or yeah, sitting down. Looks kind of like they're laying down, sitting down, uh, either taking their burdens off or putting them on or whatever, but thinking about true rest in Jesus, the camel at the close of day kneels down upon the sandy plain to have his burden lifted off and rest again. My soul, thou too, should to thy knees when daylight draweth to a close and have the Lord lift off thy load and grant repose. Else how canst thou tomorrow meet with all tomorrow's work to do, if thou thy burdens all the night dost carry through? Some of us have problems sleeping. Maybe we need to be reminded of the camel. The camel kneels at break of day to have his Lord replace his load, then rises up anew to take the desert road. So thou shouldest kneel at morning's dawn to have him give thy daily care, assured that he no load too great will make thee bear. Just a clear reminder here that this exercise, this this habit of giving the Lord our burdens completely. That doesn't just happen by happenstance. That happens by deliberate I believe meditation and exercise of the mind and setting our mind upon Christ and giving him our burdens. Amen. Letting go, resting in Jesus completely. Hopefully that's not too fuzzy with connecting that with this, with this rest, day of rest. But I thought it, it made a good point there that there's some effort that needs to be made to make sure we don't carry the burden of the day throughout the whole night, only to find it there the next morning and then the fresh load to bear. I think that is a promise that we can, we can uh, receive from the Lord if we, if, we, uh, if we get serious about that. Maybe another, another illustration comes to mind uh, about just really trusting and resting in the Lord, there was this older man that on his, on his 70th birthday was offered to take a little airplane ride and fly over his farm that he had farmed all his life, or he, that he lived on all his life. 
He had never flown in an airplane before, so he was a bit tense. And when he came back, he, he asked how he enjoyed it. And he said that it was nice to see his farm. But he said all the 20 minutes that he was up there, he didn't let all his weight down. And for those of you that are scared of flying, you probably know a little bit what that means. You're just kind of tense and you're carrying your own weight. When it really makes no difference, just relax. Just go with the plane. It's going to go where it's going to go anyway. And you might as well enjoy the ride without the burden of fear. But coming back again to this rest in Jesus He goes on then, and we have two different accounts here concerning the Sabbath. In chapter 12, at that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were in hunger and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But when, but he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was in hunger? And they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, was it not lawful, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest? Or have ye not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days The priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if but if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Note that verse. And when he was departed, thence he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, Will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then stretched he, then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like As the other. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. Well, us having gone back and seen the background or the the law of the Sabbath, we can understand a little bit what the Pharisees were dealing with. It was a serious crime to break the Sabbath. But I want us to remember here a couple verses, verse 8, that Jesus said he is Lord of the Sabbath. He has the authority to bring more meaning to the Sabbath, if I can say it that way. More deeper meanings than it had heretofore. He even said it's okay to work on the Sabbath to do good, to do well on the Sabbath day. So yes, it is lawful to work good things on the Sabbath day. But let us remember, there are other rules that apply still. It is right to do well, we can do as much good as we, we think we should, but there's also, it is also, we need to remember, it is also a day of rest. So I have three points here. Our bodies need rest. <clears throat> Our bodies need rest. 
This made a lot of sense to me, and maybe it will to you too. Talmadge says that our bodies are seven-day wind-up clocks, and they need to be wound up. And if they are not wound up, they run down to the grave. Just like a clock runs out, so our bodies run out. No man can continuously break the Sabbath rest principle and keep his physical and mental health. And I believe that. Ministers and missionaries. Let's see here. No, that's for a different point. Uh, Reading from Moody here. Sabbath means rest. And the meaning of the word gives a hint as to the true way to observe the day. God rested after creation and ordained the Sabbath as a rest for man. He blessed it and hallowed it. Remember the rest day to keep it holy. It is the day when the body may be refreshed and strengthened after six days of labor and the soul drawn into closer fellowship with its maker. True observance of the Sabbath may be considered under two general heads, cessation from ordinary secular work or stopping to work, not doing our regular work, and religious exercises, those two things. A person ought to turn aside from ordinary employment one day in seven. There are many whose occupation will not permit them to observe Sunday, but they should observe some other day as a Sabbath. Saturday is my day of rest because I generally preach on Sunday and I look forward to Saturday as a boy does to a holiday. God knows what we need. No person should make another work seven days in a week. One day is demanded for rest. A person who has to work the seven days has nothing to look forward to, and life becomes humdrum. Many Christians are guilty in this respect. I'll read one more here. You hear about ministers overworking. Well, they do when they work seven days in the week. I believe the professional man who works hardest with his brain is the pastor. Look at the sick he has to visit at the funerals he has to attend and conduct. I would rather preach 12 sermons than attend one funeral. That's moody. If he has a heart in him, a funeral saps his life. Two sermons a week, and then the pastoral calls. His work is never done. I am sorry that most work seven days in the week. Then that is where they make a mistake. Give the body a rest. That is the Sabbath principle. Does anyone need it any more than a person engaged in Christian work? Let the brains have rest, and you can keep going 12 months of the year. I think that applies for all of us, not just pastors, but that applies for all of us. So that's one reason why we set aside this day a day of rest. Physical, mental, emotional rest. I think that would do us a whole lot of physical, mental, and emotional good if we would really see to it that we really, we really get this accomplished. The second reason I have here is we observe this day because the Lord hallowed it. He set it apart. He set it apart from the other days. Ministers and missionaries often tell me that they take no rest day. They do not need it because they are in the Lord's work. They're working for the Lord every day. So why not just keep on going? That's a mistake. When God was giving Moses instructions about the building of the tabernacle, he referred especially to the Sabbath and gave injunctions for its strict observance. And later when Moses was conveying the words of the Lord to the children of Israel, he interpreted them by saying that not even were sticks to be carried on the Sabbath to kindle fires for smelting or other purposes. 
In spite of their zeal and haste to erect the tabernacle, the workmen were to have their day of rest. The command applies to ministers and others engaged in Christian work today as much as to those Israelite workmen of old. We need one day in seven as a day of rest to observe the Sabbath principle. This is a a day set apart. And he says, our ministry will be the better for it. Parents, this matter of setting one day aside, here's another very important one. Parents, if you want your children to grow up and honor you, have them honor the Sabbath day principle by being in church on Sunday. Don't let them go off fishing or getting into bad company, or it won't be long before they will come home and curse you. I know few things more beautiful than to see a father and a mother coming up the aisle with their children and sitting down together to hear the word of God. It is a good thing to have the children not in some remote loft or balcony, but in a good place, well in sight. Though they cannot understand the sermon now, when they get older, they won't desire to break away. They will continue attending public worship in the house of God. I think that's true. Going on, Adam brought marriage and the Sabbath rest day with him out of Eden. And neither can be disregarded without suffering. Do you get that? When the children of Israel went into the promised land, God told them to let their land rest every seven years. And he would give them as much in six years as in seven. For 490 years, they disregarded that law. But mark you. Nebuchadnezzar came and took them off into Babylon and kept them 70 years in captivity and the land had its 70 Sabbath the rest. 70 times 7 is 490. So they did not gain much by breaking this law. You can give God his day or he will take it. So, setting this day aside, God, God, God hallowed it. Just that principle alone, we should, we should ponder. Number one, we need the physical rest. Number two, we should hallow this day. It's the Lord's day. And number three, let's consider a few activities on the Lord's day. Apart from public and family observance on the Sabbath rest, the individual ought to devote a portion of the time to personal edification, prayer, meditation, reading ought not to be forgotten. Think about, think of people devoting six days a week to their body, which will soon pass away and begrudging one day to the soul, which will live on forever. We give one day to the soul to really set it aside for the Lord. It is, is it too much for God to ask for one day to be devoted to the growth and training of the spiritual senses? When the other six, when the other senses are kept busy, the other six days. If your circumstances permit, engage in some definite Christian work, such as teaching in Sunday school or visiting the sick. Do all the good you can. Sin keeps no Sabbath and no more should good deeds. There is plenty of opportunity in this fallen world to perform works of mercy and religion. Make your Sabbath rest day down here a foretaste of the eternal Sabbath that is in store for believers. You want power in your Christian life, do you? 
You want Holy Spirit power? You want the dew of heaven on your brow? You want to see people convicted and converted? I don't believe we shall ever have genuine, con- genuine conversions until we get straight on this fourth commandment. I know of a missionary family that practiced this. He was always busy on Saturdays, on Sunday, preaching and visiting and just busy. So Saturday was his off day. And I think the Lord has blessed that. He's, a, he's a definitely a, a prosperous missionary today. So, in closing, turn with me to Mark chapter 2. Verse 27. And he, Jesus, said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So God, God's original purpose and idea for making the Sabbath was for the good of man, that we would have rest, that we would remember him and our relationship with God would be would have a day entirely more entirely devoted to that relationship with God. You struggle with your relationship with God, take the day of rest a little more serious and see what happens. Give the Lord a couple hours of this day to reflect and meditate. Meditate on the verses that you've been memorizing. My verse was Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Well, we're not going to make God any cleaner. He's already as clean as he's going to be. So what does that mean, sanctify? It means make him holy in your mind. Make him big in your mind. Make him the almighty God in your mind. And you meditate on that. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And I tell you what, all of a sudden... Things will change in your life, in your relationship with your God. So Sabbath was made for the man that we might have the seventh part of his whole time, that man might have the seventh part of his whole time to devote to the purpose of bodily rest and spiritual exercises. And in these respects, it is of infinite use to mankind. Ponder that. Where no Sabbath is observed, there disease, poverty, and licentiousness generally prevail. Have we no Sabbath, we should soon have no religion. And I think that's true. You go in communities where people basically don't observe Sunday. Maybe it's just in me, but I think, I think it feels different. Think if you go into a community where there's lots of churches and businesses are closed on Sunday and things are different. Seems to me I, I just feel a sanctification. I think it's really something to it. So, you want to work on Sunday? You can. But there's a few other principles I think we need to remember. You need your rest sometime. It's a holy day set aside by the Lord. And I think you can have your own, but I think generally because Sunday, Sabbath, the Lord's Day is, is generally accepted, I think you would mar your testimony if you would decide that, well, Wednesday is going to be my holy day and I'm going to work on Sunday. Maybe you could, but I, think, I don't think you would gain much by doing that. Just to say that, that it seemed that God blessed the Lord's day after Jesus rose from the dead and blessed it. And it was well received by, by the early Christians there. And I think we should continue on with that.
What about doing other things? What about just, you know, going shopping since it's a free day? Well, or a lot, lots of other activities. Maybe I'll let you ponder these principles that we talked about this morning and the purpose that God made it. And maybe I'll let you answer that question in your own heart. How much of that should we do? Is a little bit okay? You know, activities and all of that? What do you think? Uh, Games and so on. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I want to be clear. But just, you know, are we, are we, are we really uh, capitalizing? Are we really gaining by this day like we should for what God meant it for, what God gave it for in the first place? You know, are we, are we using it to refresh ourselves? That Monday morning, I am ready to go, full of God, full of faith, you know, blessed, ready to go, ready to meet the ready to take on the load. I've, I've left my load in Jesus. I've pondered him, my load of sin I left in Jesus at the cross when I got born again. And, and now I'm learning to ponder and meditate on him and I'm finding rest for my soul. I have peace with God. And it's going on and deeper. And, and that comes from, from learning from Jesus. And I've, I'm, <clears throat> I'm setting a day aside I'm hallowing this day. There's certain things that I do and certain things that I don't. Yes, if I need to help some animal out of the pit, sure, I can do that. I have the freedom to do that. You know those principles very well, I'm sure. So may God bless this little teaching of the, the, the Lord's... Let me give you the title. Observance of the Lord's Day slash Christian Sabbath. <clears throat> God bless you.